Thank you for listening to this episode. If you like this podcast, I'm certain you'll love the book, Push by Pain into Purpose. Click the link in the description below or visit pushedtopurpose.com. That's pushed, the number two, purpose.com to order your copy today. Hi, I'm Cheryl Joyce Norman, author of Pushed by Pain into Purpose. I wrote Pushed by Pain into Purpose after realizing that God had purpose in my pain. Now, I'm here to share my journey with you to discover the purpose in your pain and change your perspective of it. Welcome to the Push by Pain into Purpose podcast. I'm so glad you decided to join me for another episode. I'm your host, Cheryl Joyce, and the author of the book, Pushed by Pain into Purpose. Let's stop for a moment so I can talk to my daddy. Dear Father, Daddy, Oh, I love you so much. And I come to you today because I'm standing in the need. I need your help today. Give me the words that you want me to say to your people. Help me to impact their lives so that they can see the purpose of their lives. And that you're there with arms wide open, waiting to embrace them, to lead them, and to guide them. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've been examining witnesses from the Bible to corroborate our charge with their testimony of being pushed by pain into their purpose. And so we will continue today. But first, let me explain some things to you. There are some people that God calls from birth to death. Like I've heard said, from the womb to the tomb. And we've seen some of those. We've looked at Joseph. Uh, We've talked about Jeremiah. But then there are some that they are born for a particular purpose, a particular time, a particular event. And so today, as we call in our witnesses, we're going to look at some of those. 
So to, we're going to look today, we're going to call uh, Naomi to the stand. If you want to follow along, that's in Ruth, the book of Ruth in the Bible, chapter 1. Most of the time when people go to the book of Ruth, they are going for, to talk about Ruth and Boaz. But we're not looking at them today. Today, let's just kind of examine Naomi. In uh, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. When you go back into previous books of the Bible, Moab was not really a place that Jews should have been. But sometimes things happen in our lives and instead of consulting God, because we don't see where it says that he consulted God on where to go, sometimes we end up in the wrong place. And we can stay in the wrong place sometimes too long. And then God has to push us back to where we're supposed to be. In verse 3, excuse me, I'm having a little throat problems today. But we're going to go on in Jesus' name. Verse 3 says, Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons in a foreign land. But they ended up marrying Moabite women, one named Orpah, and the other Ruth. And then we see, after they had lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Kilion also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. So we see here that this is some pain. She's a widow. She's lost her husband. And now she's lost her two sons. And back in that day, if you didn't have a man around, that wasn't good. And then to be a, a, a woman alone in a foreign land, that could have to be some kind of uh, pain to deal with. The pain of loneliness, the pain of grief, 
And as we've listened in some of the other podcasts and we've seen how devastating that can be and how detrimental that can be, especially when you get to the point of hopelessness and to lose all of your support and your security, that's a fearful thing. Excuse me. So, so by the time um, that she had been there this time and had lost all that she had, her husband and her her sons, she heard that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them. So she decided to go home, go back to Bethlehem. Like, what did she have in Moab? She had no reason to stay there. She had her two daughters-in-law, and um, they were preparing to return to her hometown. And verse 7 says, with her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. But something happened on the way. Naomi was like, well, wait a minute, hold on. I don't want to take you away from your, your land. You can go back home. Because right now, I don't have anything to offer you. I don't have any, any, any sons that, that I, you could marry. So I think it's best that you just go back home and let me return to my home, devastated, hurting, grieving. And maybe I can find my house, my old house, where I was when we left. And I thank you for showing me kindness. That you still honor me as your mother. but my sons are gone, and I know that you're grieving also. And may the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. And she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud. And said, uh, we will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, no, you return home. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons? I can't do anything for you. I don't have any more sons that could become your husband. 
I don't have anything to offer you. So you just return home. And in verse 12, it's kind of the sentiment of, of, of a lot of people where she tells, tells them to return home, my daughters, because I'm too old to have another husband. And even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they were grown up enough to be your husband? That wouldn't work. So like I said again, I don't have anything to offer you. So just return on back home and just let me go back to my hometown. And she also said, it's, it's more bitter for, for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. How often do we blame God when things have happened to us and we're all angry with God and we're, we're, we're just so mad at him and kind of reminds you of like Mary and Martha, right? If you had just been here, God, why did you take my husband and my sons? You left me with nothing. Why would you do that to me, God? Wrong place. Wrong time. Stayed too long in the wrong place. So this scene, they're doing a lot of weeping. But then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth wouldn't let go. So we see that she had to have been a very good mother-in-law for Ruth to want to stay with her after she's turned so bitter. You know, it's kind of hard to live with a person when they're bitter. When they've been through so much and they don't see a way out. But it must have been something about Naomi. That Ruth saw and had experienced. That would make her say, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to go wherever you go. But after Orpha left, Naomi said, now look, Ruth, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But this is some loyalty here. Ruth said, don't, don't, don't make me go back. Don't keep trying to get me to leave you because where you go I will go and where you stay I will stay 
and your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. And may the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. So when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. But we see the younger women clinging hold to the older woman. It's undoubtedly she had great respect for her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? The one that left us 10 years ago, over 10 years ago. She's back, she's back. But Naomi was so hurt She was so hurt. She was so embittered that she wanted to even change her name. She said, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Wow. Have you ever felt like that? I went out full, but now I'm empty. There's nothing left in me. And Naomi is blaming God. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi came back to Bethlehem, a bitter woman. And she brought her her daughter-in-law with her. But like I said, her daughter-in-law respected her so much prior to her becoming so bitter. And she had to deal with her own grief and the loss of her husband. But we see as we've been talking about through all of these episodes, that there's a purpose in the pain. And as we turn over to chapter four, we see how God took a foreigner, a Moabite, Ruth and brought her in the lineage of Jesus Christ. 
all because she pledged her love to Naomi and she followed her. She gave up her gods in her land to serve the true and living God in the land of her mother-in-law. But we see there's a lot of things that transpired um, that brought some hope to Naomi. You've probably heard the story of of, uh, Ruth and Boaz over and over and over. But like I say, we're going to focus on Naomi today. But that transpired, her gleaning in his field and Boaz noticing her and um, he became the kinsman redeemer. I said women needed to have a man back there to transact business and all of that. So they needed a kinsman redeemer. And Boaz wasn't the first in line. There was another in place, so he had to go to him and make sure everything worked out that he could proceed with Ruth to become their kinsman redeemer. And so Naomi, you know, advised Ruth on what to do. And uh, in uh, the fourth chapter, verse 13, It says, so Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive. And she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. And he will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. And then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi has a son. And they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. And I know you all know about David. So this foreigner, this daughter-in-law, who had not given birth with from her son, is here now giving birth to her son through Boaz. And Naomi now has changed her changed her tune and changed her name back to Naomi. She's no longer bitter. And God had a purpose for that relationship to give birth to a son for Naomi, who was also in the genealogy 
of Christ. So if you ever find yourself wanting to change your name tomorrow, just look for the purpose. Where is this pain pushing you? What is it that God already has designed and lined up for you to accomplish? Don't ever think that you don't feel like you were born anointed, but everybody's life has a purpose. Who knows? If you don't look for it, you'll never find it. But you can live your life moving toward your purpose. And whatever's been hurting you, whatever's been pushing you, find where it's pushing you to, and then walk into your purpose that God has designed for you. Daddy, I thank you for the words that you've put in my mouth as you let people know today that you call them, it may not be for a lifetime, but you call them for a purpose and for them to be fulfilled. They have to fulfill that purpose. And we just, I just thank you today for what you have imparted to those that are listening. I thank you in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Are you enjoying these episodes? I am enjoying this opportunity to share these moments with you. By the way, I just love reading your reviews. Let's chat more. Head over to pushtopurpose.com. That's pushed, the number two, purpose.com. And join the mailing list. See you soon.